Hi, and welcome to the Progress Green Careers podcast. I'm Sandra Kessel, and I've been a journalist pretty much all my working life. I've been collecting stories of pro-green, ethical, sustainable and socially responsible careers, pathways and courses from people who really know what they're talking about. In each episode of Progress, I ask guests to tell me how they got where they are and their ideas for following in their footsteps. But you don't have to be looking for a new career to enjoy a good story, and each episode aims to inspire and entertain, as well as offer a greener way of thinking, working and living. This week's guest is the Green Party's Jamie Osborne. Jamie graduated from Cambridge University with a degree in English and works for the MCS Foundation, which is a climate change focused organisation. Passionate about climate change himself, he's a busy man since he's a Green Party councillor for Norwich City Council and now for Norfolk County Council. Plus, he's a young father. Welcome, Jamie. Can you tell us a bit about your work? Yes. So... For the MCS Foundation, I work on promoting uh, uh, decarbonisation of homes, heat and energy. Uh, and particularly, we're looking around the, the homes part of that, because uh, UK's homes are responsible for about a fifth of the UK's carbon emissions. And so it's a really big chunk of of what we need to do to get to net zero. Um, and you know, we need to be moving away from fossil fuel uh, heating, uh, gas boilers, for example, um, and onto renewable energy like heat pumps. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that we're that we're working on, and we're working on on the uh, getting things like um, uh, VAT reduced on on heat pumps, getting government to commit to installing heat, uh, making heat pumps by default mandatory in all new homes um, or low carbon heat networks, um, so that we're building in heat pumps and solar panels into the future of the UK and moving away from fossil fuels. So, um, I mean, that's actually quite a key point, isn't it? Because I think I've read somewhere that it's far cheaper, actually, to install a heat pump. It costs sort of twice as much to retrofit as it would do if you put it in there in the first place. Yes, we've got figures that it's about nine, eight, nine thousand um, overall to install a heat pump, solar panel, battery storage in new homes um and uh mm-hmm. it would be uh about thirty thousand to build it into um to retrofit it in so essentially yes it, it's saving out homeowners a lot of the costs by building it in at yeah. the point of construction um and otherwise house builders are essentially offloading that costs onto future homeowners making sure that those homes are fit for the future that they don't have to be retrofitted or upgraded at a later date um, so it is, it will save money. That's really interesting. So, I mean, you actually did an English degree, didn't you? So, and then I think when I very first met you, you uh, were you studying for a master's in ecology or something like that? Correct me. Yes. Um, tell me what yes, you Yes, I, I was studying for a master's in sustainability and behaviour change. Yes. Um, which I have to admit, I haven't had time to finish. <laughs> You're walking the walk now, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. the The idea is, yeah, the idea is to to try and bring about some some levels of of change. And I think, um, in some ways, just on that 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 language of behaviour change, in some ways, uh, is a bit I wouldn't won't say misleading, but it kind of puts the onus on on individuals to change their behaviour, whereas what yeah. we need to be doing as uh, a government and society is making 
green behaviors accessible and affordable and easy for everyone so you opt out yeah. as opposed to opt in um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's making the you know making the green choice the the, the default really yeah so that's the bit about i mean we haven't covered it completely obviously there's it's a lot more to say yes. job, but, yeah. but tell me about how you got involved in the green party and then you were unusually young weren't you in in um becoming a city councillor for norwich i definitely had a baby face at the time people didn't think <laughs> i was younger than i was i was 24 um which by the, the standards of of councillors is is young i think the average age is sort of like 59 for a councillor yeah. that's that's the average age so the oh, of, um yeah um um but so there are there are uh, people who've been who are elected younger and we've got a, a fairly high proportion of on average younger councillors in in norwich um very different story at the county council of course yes. um where there's a, a a lot more sort of rural older um councillors um but you know i got involved in that because uh i wanted to do something about climate change and uh as i saw it none of the other political parties were were offering the kind of pragmatic and also realistic in terms of the scale of the challenge action mm -hmm. that we needed um you know, you know there'll be others tickering around the edges or in some cases saying you know we can afford to keep building new roads when there's actually no we can't uh, because that will be more carbon at yeah. a time of climate emergency yeah and norwich has a pretty strong green party doesn't it i can't remember now how many of you there are on the council uh, there's there's that we're a third of the council um, yeah. And it's the second second largest party, and you know, for for many many years, we've had the second, the second been second place for a vote share. So it's Labour and, and then Greens and the Conservatives and Lib Dems are are far far behind. So yes, yeah. it is it is a strong place for green politics in Norwich. Yeah, yeah. and um, are you unusual? Would you say in entering politics? you know at a young age of being interested because of your I, I get that it was because you were interested in climate change but one of the things that has been talked about quite a lot and I don't know if you ever follow Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart's podcast mm. they are particularly interested in getting younger people engaged in politics mm. and rather than just saying oh you know nothing can be done and this is obviously aimed mostly at young young people who are looking at careers this podcast mm. um i think i think there's quite a lot of this is a bit uh negative maybe but quite a lot of patronizing of, of young people yes. um at least that was my experience and yeah, yes. so um you know it's uh, great that you're getting involved actually people young people are involved and do want to do things it's just that there's often like practical barriers to to getting elected because you don't get paid much it's a it's a sort yeah. of fairly minimal yeah. allowance it's quite a big time commitment yeah um it's difficult to do it if you're moving around and a lot of of young people do move around or are um you know having to try and find uh work where they can earn a, a reasonable amount to pay their pay their rent yes um and it's difficult to do it um but that doesn't mean that people aren't particularly young people aren't getting involved as activists or trying to do the kinds of change that they want to see and you know if you if you look around there's, there's a lot of young people who are trying to change things either 
in their area or at a national level as well through their campaigning. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's important, I think, to recognise. One of the things that's made a big difference is being able to register as a voter in your home address. So, you know, if you have parents and your parents' address, but um, also at your university address. Yeah. As long as you only vote at one. Yeah. 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 Um, The thing is that there are also a lot of particularly students who don't vote, uh, at least in, in local Yes. Uh, election levels and yeah. and um really do yeah. look into voting if you're a student because uh especially at local elections you know the voting turnout is quite low so your vote can make a difference and yeah. this year in well sorry last year 2023 um one of the wards that we that the greens won we won it by 22 votes so that your vote can really make a difference in that kind of election yeah yeah, well, perhaps that's what I really meant about not being engaged more than not being interested. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, once you can make a difference just by walking around your polling, well, finding out where your polling station is and then walking around. And it's an yeah. election year. We're, we're expecting a general election yes. this year as well. Um, so that can really make it. So first of all, get yourself registered. Yeah. And then, and then actually on the day or if you've got a postal vote before the day, get, yes. your, get your vote in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And and doing it as a postal vote is is easy and free as well. So tell me about becoming a county councillor because that was a couple of years later, I think. Yeah. It's a different it's a different political makeup. Um yeah. so there's in city council in Norwich, there's uh no conservatives. They haven't been since I think two thousand and nine, two thousand and eight, yeah. some sometime around then. Um so it's, and it's been Labour run for a hundred years. Um, Conservative at the county council have been in charge for for decades, um, apart from a short period in the 2010s when UKIP um, took some of their votes. For a while, there was a Labour, UKIP, Liberal Democrat alliance that that was running the county council. Um, uh, An interesting combination. Um, I think the the thing is, this might sound odd for people who think well, the Conservatives and Labour are, are completely different. To my perspective, um, the way that the councils are set up means that the way they operate is very similar. So you get this kind of an uh, oppositional system where the leader of the council and the cabinet who, who make all the decisions, they're very mm-hmm. defensive. They aren't necessarily open about information. Um, uh, there's not really a sort of constructive dialogue, but instead it's a uh, oppositional antagonistic back and forth in, in debate. And so some of the the way that the councils operate are actually quite similar in a political in a political sense. Yeah. Um and I'm sure that, that would be the case if it was run by Lib Dems or or even Greens, which is why I think we need to change change the way that councils operate and change the political system so we're not so we don't have that sort of single leader model who with everyone else trying to sort of snap at their heels to try and get a little bit of information or or ask these sort of questions yeah. that put them on the spot rather than um trying to actually get the best for the residents and constituents. Um, Did you decide to become a county councillor because that's the next logical step maybe to becoming uh, a member of parliament? <laughs> uh well I am standing for parliament. Uh, Are you? I didn't yeah. breaking yes. news here. Thank you. Yes. That's a, that's uh, a scoop. <laughs> yeah. Um uh well, it has been announced. Um Oh, okay. So, sorry, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, congratulations. Um, thank I'm you. Um, yes. 
um so at some point this year um uh obviously being a member of the green party um you know i'm not in it to to get elected or get into positions of power well in it to try and get to try and get elected but not yes. you know doing it as a career so no i don't think it's i don't think it's good for the county council to step up to being an mp but because the county council has quite significant influence particularly on um climate change and they mm. they control transport which is the biggest source mm. of carbon emissions across norfolk um uh you know they they can they have the power to improve bus services they have the power to stop building new roads rather than building mm. more roads mm. at the cost of hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds which is mm. what they're planning to do at the moment um they've got the cost to for example uh, introduce workplace parking levies in in norwich um which some of the other cities have done that could mm. raise revenue for for um, improving public transport mm. um uh, and they've got sway with businesses and landowners across the county um, and we need all of those people on board if we're going to get to mm. get zero emissions by 2050 which is a big big challenge yeah yeah i mean i you know i may see 2050 but it's your generation that you know will almost certainly see 2050 and and we're kind of relying on you for you know well my interest really stems from having had a grandchild not that i was disinterested mm. before but mm. that really galvanized me into into um this and you've got a child does that make a difference yes. to your outlook as well it doesn't it doesn't in that i think i've you know been working on climate change since before oliver my son was born in yes. 2022 actually he was born just just before what was at the time the hottest um heat wave yes. in the uk um uh obviously that's probably going to be surpassed many times over in the in the years to come in terms of heat waves so that that was quite real yes. for me then and yes you know i do want him to have a decent future a future where he can live comfortably and and well and not uh be in fear of drought or or food shortages um or flooding or extreme weather um and that is the reality for lots of people i don't think though that that people have to have children or no children to to care about about this issue mm. um mm. and i don't think it's necessarily a it is a generational problem um uh but that doesn't mean that um it's only down to people who have grandchildren or down to people who have children mm. to do something about it because it, yeah. it really needs everyone yeah yeah and we've seen the effectiveness of making it easier perhaps use trains for long journeys or you know, uh, better to walk, you know, walkable cities and that sort of thing. All those things need to happen. Um, but at the moment, they're seen as nice to have as opposed to must have. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you know, a lot of it comes down to to change and change in the way that decision makers, the politicians see what the priorities are. Yeah. Um, but also, if you if you change the perspective slightly and think about about it in terms of you know what's best for people's health, that's walking yes. and cycling and not sitting in in long queues of traffic where they're breathing in toxic air for yeah. for hours on end each yeah. day. Um, uh, it's eating less meat. Um, yes. uh, and eating more more plants and vegetables and and yes. so on. Um, yeah. it's having a warm and cozy home where they're not having to heat it with a 
with a gas boiler that does cause air pollution um, and where they're at risk of, of uh, volatile energy prices that could mean uh, people you know not being able to afford their energy bills. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why do, doing all the things that we need to do to get to net zero, which might sound mm -hmm. like quite an abs abstract target, will improve people's lives anyway. Yeah. yeah. So just thinking about how you've made those steps from English grad at uh, University mm -hmm. of Cambridge um, to, um, you know, what you're doing now, how did you access your degree course i can't remember where you said you were doing your degree your master's originally i was doing it at the at the center for alternative technology in in wales um, right. uh which is set up to to study sort of green issues really i mean I, I don't know whether university my undergrad degree made much difference to to what i do now um uh and i also don't think it's really necessary to have a undergrad like a to go to university even to yeah. you know, there's lots of green apprenticeships now. There's the, yeah. this year. There's going to be the first uh, heat pump apprenticeship is launching. Yeah. Um, lots of people. You can do apprenticeships in, um, like sort of administration, business administration, or accounting, um, in renewable energy companies. Um, yeah. uh, you can do apprenticeships in like solar panel installations and and installing batteries in homes. Um, all of those things, and you get paid but on job. That's you're essentially yeah. paid to paid to study. Yeah. Um, uh, and there needs to be a lot more awareness of those. Um, that's like tangent uh, from from what I did, but that's why I say that particularly on on apprenticeships where there is actually a, a lack of support and lots of people do yes. get sort of pushed away from apprenticeships. That there needs to be more careers yeah. advisors talking about that um, yeah. and ways into green jobs um, through the the means avail available really. And that's something your charitable foundation MCS has been promoting isn't it i noticed that they they they've been promoting green careers week um and i noticed yeah, those, they were pr yeah. promoting that um, there was green careers week at the end of end of last year 2024 yeah. sorry, 2023 um uh and yeah we've done we've done research on what what do young people think about green jobs um yeah. one of the things is you know people don't necessarily think of a particular thing as a green job they don't know that yeah. Uh, uh, going into accountancy, for example, could be a green job if you're working yes. for a renewable energy company. Yes. So lots of people think it's installing solar panels. But it's not just that. There's lots of parts of the the ecosystem that need to work together to to get us where where we need to be. Yes, I interviewed somebody um, last year. She'd gone to work and then decided that she would take a master's and then had looked at how she could make the most of the knowledge that she'd had and then decided to go to one of the big four accountancy consultancy mm -hmm. firms mm -hmm. because yeah. she felt that she could make a big impact by advising some of the mega companies that yeah. that company worked with. Yeah. And that made me really think about, yes, what is a green job? But, um, you know, was it important to your that for your career plans that you could find sustainable ways of working you know, even if you had gone into, I don't know, working for the BBC or something like that, would you have um, still been kind of jumping up and down a little bit and saying green issues over here? And a yes. green can yeah. cover so many yeah. things, can't it? Sustainability, yes. environment. Um, it's yeah. a multi-use multi, multi -use word. Yes. Um, 
no, absolutely. What, I mean, when I first moved to to Norwich, I was working for um, an eating disorder charity, um, yes. uh, Beat, which is based in in Norwich. Um, you know that I enjoyed that it's doing it was doing valuable work. Um, yeah. I think, but I wanted to work on on climate change. That's where the, where my heart yeah. is really, um, yeah. and uh, you know because of the urgency of it. Um, and the scale of it and you know that's where i wanted to to try and put my efforts um uh so i was elected to as a green party councillor while while working for the beat um uh which enabled me to try and do you know working on campaigning to get elected yes. that was part of working on on climate change for me and one of the things i noticed actually is lots of people talk about uh eco anxiety or being worried and scared about climate change which we should be i'm much less anxious and scared about it well maybe not they're scared but i'm more less anxious since i've been working on it pretty much full time yes. um uh because i feel like i'm that's where i'm putting my what i can yes is going into into doing something about it it gives you yeah. some a very very small sense of control but it is a sense of control nonetheless yeah. Yes, and the more people who do do that, the yeah. greater the impact. Obviously, it's yes, a bit absolutely. like a bit like voting, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes. yes. Um, I mean, can you remember when you first got interested in the climate? Were you at school, or was it university, or have you I, all yeah. been parents that were inclined? I, I, I remember it being. I don't really remember. A single thing i remember it being a thing that i was aware of yes um and i think at primary school i printed off some posters that said something like switch off the lights to save the planet and then oh yeah mom, i can't remember if it's my mom or They're my dad really pointed small. Out that, yeah um <laughs> um i can't remember if my mom or my dad pointed out that well you just printed off loads of <laughs> loads of pieces of paper maybe the best use of energy for that but um uh uh i was aware of of that but I think I think this has shifted a bit recently but it's still well, quite a prevailing sort of uh, way that people think about climate change is thinking about the individual behaviour change things so thinking about switching off your light or or um, not using cars so much and so on yes. rather than necessarily the political change um, uh, so for quite a long time I was quite sort of obsessed about like switching off lights yes um, yeah. which you know it's not a bad thing to do yes but it's yes. not where the biggest impact lies that's where that's in the political change so if you can get uh the all electricity generated in the uk generated from renewable energy that's yeah. going to make a much bigger difference yes. than switching off lights yes or getting a big company to you yeah. know recycle packaging or be responsible for its packaging in the first place. Yes, so it's either recyclable or reusable or or just reduce the packaging that they use in the first place. Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's all those things, but but you are making a difference even if you're doing a small thing. Yeah. Know, yeah. Home. And I don't I don't buy into the, the argument that some people put that well it makes no difference at all. So don't bother changing yeah. what you do in your um on a day to day level. Um uh do that do that as well but focus the focus is on the on the systemic change yes yes um 
So um, what tips could you give to somebody if somebody wanted to pursue a career? What would you say? Apply for jobs and keep applying. Um, you know, I yes. lost track of how many jobs I applied for before I kind of got what I wanted, really. And it's not uh, a sort of clear, it's not necessarily an immediate sort of, you're going to go straight into green stuff, but um, uh, there are there are more and more uh, companies, businesses, charities, political organisations, uh, public sector organisations who are looking at, you know, their environmental credentials and what they need to do to to meet environmental goals. So there are job openings in yeah. those in those fields. I think the point I was making earlier about it kind of covers all skills. You know, you can be I don't know why I keep on mentioning accountancy. That's that's yeah. one that's in my head. Um, yes. You could be a uh, a builder. You could be you know I know someone who's who runs a building company um, and goes into schools and talks about um, renewable energy and sustainable building. Yeah. Um. He came up through a traditional construction background, you know, parks and building sites, etc. Um. Uh. So I think any every sector really, every yeah. job area can be made greener. Yes. And we need everyone. We need everyone's skills. So if you know what your skills are, my skills have to be like in, uh, writing press releases, um, and thinking about media. So that's what I've done. If I'd yeah. been better at um, at maths or at engineering, I would have followed that route. But that doesn't mean that there's there's one route. There's lot there's lots of routes into into green jobs. So follow your skills and work out what you're good at and what you enjoy as well. Because it's got to be something yes. you enjoy. Yes, motivates people. Yes. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. I'm okay. very grateful that you've um, given up your time because I know you're really busy <laughs> and you've got a small child. And you've got two councils to sit on, and now you're running to be an MP as well. So yes. that's amazing. Really appreciate that, Jamie. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to speak to you again. Well, I hope you've enjoyed hearing about Jamie's career journey as much as I have. Um, I love the fact that he effectively started his climate comms work while he was still in primary school. It's uh, also interesting and a key takeaway for me is that while Jamie is still scared about the impact of climate change, he is less anxious now that he is doing something about it on a daily basis. If you've enjoyed the episode, please like, share and review and tell your friends. We've got plenty more guests coming up soon. Thank you.